For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And welcome to the, is this November or December edition? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's it's the end of November, so we're covering November. Yes, this is our November monthly uh, recap show. Recap show. And there was a lot, obviously, as to what happened. But um, first of all, we'll say happy Thanksgiving to our U.S. listeners. I don't know if we have any. Maybe we will. Who knows? But happy Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> we are we are uh, recording at that time, so um, hopefully everybody has a safe holiday and lots of food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the end of the show, we'll have to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and all that too, because we won't be talking again to you guys until after uh, Christmas and uh, around New the New Year time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyhow, let's get to our leaves. Never a dull moment when Leafland. Yeah, just when you think. Things might settle down. No. No. So um, the team just didn't look right like in the first quarter of the season. I think we both, I don't know. There's just something that wasn't going well. For me, the real, the thing that I really noticed is that in the last two years, and I think you would agree, it's been so much fun to watch them. Like even when we're at the games, like there's an energy, there's, I don't know, it's like one of the things I said to you is like, you know, we used to high five each other so many times during game. My, my hand hasn't been sore all season. So um, <laughs> that is true. We do high five. <laughs> it's just been not as fun to watch. And so something definitely, like you said, just has looked off. Yeah. So bottom line, the coach took the fall, right? Babcock mm-hmm. uh, was fired on November 20th. Um, Which and- is hockey firing day, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was funny how they were going on about how the coaching change came at this. It was like the day after St. Louis did the same thing mm-hmm. last year. And then right. everybody's like, oh, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. It's like, come on. Yeah. Let's let's take like, a little bit of a chill pill there. But. Get real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, right? This is the Maple Leafs we're but talking I, about. I think what they're saying, what they're kind of saying is that, and actually, tr- to be honest, they still, with Barube from November, they were still in last place at yes, starting yeah. in the in yeah, they still weren't January. Good, like. So it did take a while. It yeah. wasn't like an, an you know overnight uh, turnaround with them for sure. Um, yeah. But basically, the Babcock firing, I think, like I guess leading up to it, like they had the same bad bad habits all the time. They had like giving up the first goal, the inconsistent play, the poor special teams. And then there was the disaster in Pittsburgh. That's right. <laughs> that basically that that did him. And in I that would game. say too, um, Babcock also had his own personal 
bad coaching habits too, yeah. which was yeah. really mainly his inflexibility. He just was not willing to switch things up. Like I, I don't know, for me, you know, when you're in a funk, it's not going to help you get out of it if you're doing the same thing every yeah. day over and over thinking you're going to get a different result. So yeah, and the changes he did make some minor changes, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything major, let's mm-hmm. just say, right? Like it was always with the fourth line. The thing that I couldn't stand is when they scored a goal and he would put the fourth line out there on yeah, the next shift. That was definitely a bone of contention for I sure. I just don't understand why you would do that. So yeah, so basically they've given up in 19, 19 out of 26 games now, I guess they've mm-hmm. given up the first goal. So yeah. that's not a good stat. So even though they kept saying, start on time, start on time, <laughs> and that's been the mantra for the last, you know, three or four years, um, apparently it's fallen on deaf ears now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and they don't really care about starting on time anymore, <laughs> yeah. or they didn't. Yeah, and the inconsistent play, I mean, like you're saying, not starting on time, and then generally they would pick it up in the second period, and then, but they were always playing catch-up hockey sort of mm-hmm. thing, so that just didn't. Eventually, it was going to do him in, and it did. And with Austin Matthews, I mean, he was actually the perfect example of the inconsistency, I thought, because there were some nights where you just, he wasn't playing bad, but you didn't even notice Notice him. him. Mm -hmm. Right, that was like the game in Philly at the beginning of the month, and then the game against the Islanders also that, he wasn't, it's not just him too, but it's just that he's, he's the franchise player. So you expect to see him somehow with his flashes of brilliance somehow, but then. Yeah. Which is, that's part of the fun that we've been missing, you know, like there's certain things like that, that, you know, you can kind of see when something's sort of starting. Yeah. And we just never really saw those starts, you know, that, that kind of, um, that hint of brilliance that was just kind of the anticipation of that, like it just wasn't really happening. Yeah. And then that Pittsburgh game, I don't know. I wonder how many of you out there actually watched that whole game. It was, (laughs) it was painful. I did. I mean, I've, I've watched in the past. I'll never forget. I actually listened on to the, on the radio. I think they were actually playing Buffalo. It was a long time ago but when we used to listen on the radio, because mm-hmm. they didn't... Well, I still listen. They didn't... Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. If, if you're <laughs> or in driving or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I remember sitting in my bedroom, listening on the radio when they didn't have all the road games on, mm-hmm. t- on, on TV, and they lost 14 to 4. But there I was, listening to them. I think it was against Buffalo, too, but I'm not quite sure. That was back in the 80s, of course. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> that was not a good night. Yeah. So for all of you but, think that who think that uh, this is as bad as it's ever going to get, uh, yeah, no. yeah, no, no. There's been <laughs> it's some been much, much worse. Yeah. In yeah. our past, but uh, but on a positive, I guess mm-hmm. one positive during while well, Bob's was with us, anyways, mm-hmm. as the coach, um, a Hyman came back, and he seems to have not considering is a pretty major injury, and he missed a lot of time. Mm-hmm. He's he's played pretty well. His being himself, being that little the digger grinding kind of guy getting the puck out in the corner, that sort of thing. So I don't know. I think that he's, uh, but then we lose Mitch. Yeah. So there's like, there's that thing is that it just, everything, the other, I think thing that I would say is that everything has felt leading up to this so hard. It's like, even if we're in a game, like it just felt like a grind constantly. Like, and then, you know, we get, we get Hyman back, but then Mitch, Mitch goes, goes down. And then we also lose Trevor Moore and everything's just felt so, so hard. 
And that's not something we've felt like in the last, you know, two, two years, really, I would say for sure. Like nothing has ever felt like that. Even when we're like in a little bit of a, a funk, it's just never felt so, so hard. Yeah. So like you said, it, it just didn't seem, it, there was no fun in the game anymore. You could mm-hmm. just see it on their faces. So Babcock got fired on the 20th of November and I don't know. I, I thought after that Pittsburgh game, it was mm-hmm. like, I thought it was the players quitting basically mm-hmm. to me. I think it was partially that maybe with some of them, mm-hmm. maybe not all of them, but then because after the, um, like after the Arizona game, I guess it was, that was his first game, right? Sheldon Keith, the Arizona game. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Vegas game That's was his first, the last one. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the Arizona game, when they did the pregame interviews, like, um, I guess they were, who were they interviewing? Travis Dermott, they were interviewing. Right. And I don't know, they, he was like laughing and smiling and that's fine. You're happy or whatever. And then uh-huh. it's like, he's like, oh yeah, we're going to win this one for Kiefer. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. That just doesn't sound right that you're like, I know you know him from the Marlies. Right. It just didn't, it just seemed too over exuberant to be so happy. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's your first game of for a new coach. Like you can say, yes, you're excited. It'll be fresh mm-hmm. start, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I don't know. And then, well, and I guess, I mean, they do, they know him from the Marlies, but he's also always been part of, um, the, um, the training camp, uh, training staff too, when they have, um, so they've, they, even the players that have not played for him know him, but like, I agree with you that that's kind of over the top, but that speaks to something pretty big, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the, I don't know, do you, I personally think it is more of the fact that Dubis and Babcock, babe, (laughs) (laughs) Dubis and Babcock didn't see eye to eye. No, they were definitely not on the same page. The way they built the, the way he's, the players that he's formulated, Mm -hmm. Babcock basically, maybe he liked some of them, but he wanted more gritty players. And so they were, I remember you telling me so once the, the fact that I think it, yeah, you were, you told me this. It was that you thought that, or you hoped that it wasn't the case that they were going to like basically bring our team down this internal mm-hmm. little mini fight that mm-hmm. uh, Dubas and Babcock were having, that they'll bring our team down and basically our team will be shit. Um, and we're going to have to pay the price for that because of that. Yeah. Because that's that. I, I really believe that the fact that they weren't, you know, they, because they, both of them have such a strong success mindset. Like Babcock, he's been super successful. I mean, his track record speaks to that. He does have that, that mindset, but his is all about structure. Like you said, like the grind, very specific systems, et cetera. Dubas is, he takes a lot from like corporate, um, and just, you can tell he reads a lot about success and, you know, the mindset that belongs to him. And he looks like at all different facets, like not just within sports. And I do think he values creativity, which is why he's basically building the roster that he's building. Um, but when you've got two people that are so strong minded and they're at odds like this, then what happens is the people who are supposed to execute that, like this, this happens, this can happen in like a corporation too. 
the people underneath have no real direction. They don't know where, which, what to do because they're being kind of pulled. So it's like being on a hamster wheel. You're like spinning your wheels or, or like in, you know, the cartoons, you know, when Wiley Coyote is like spinning or, and he can't catch up to the road runner and he's just like, you know, in the same spot and the road runner is like blasted down the road. Anyway, it's, it's that kind of thing. So yeah. that's kind of why I, yeah. I knew that if something was going to have to, was going to change that yeah. Shanahan also would be part of it because really Shanahan is, is his vision is, yeah. is, is what brought these pieces in, in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, like Shanahan obviously was there to, to tell Babcock basically mm-hmm. that he's done. Um, and yeah, he, he, he could see that Babcock was, n- was not, I guess for the talent that we have that he was, wasn't using it in the proper way, basically. And he was Mm -hmm. being stubborn about it. That's the, the whole thing. And I think Shanahan was actually, he was the one that wouldn't like, to me, they should have fired him last after the playoffs last year. Yeah, I agree. Right. And rather than wasting this quarter chunk and now we're going to be in the fight for our life to get into the playoffs. Honestly, I actually feel that, that Dubas wanted to do it then. Yes, I think and so. And he yeah. didn't get permission. And, sh- and I don't think yeah. it was just Shanahan, too. I think also Larry Tannenbaum yes. had something to do yeah. with that because obviously, you know, Babcock went with his letter and everything. That's the person he thanked yeah. in the organization. So yeah. that speaks to also and why Morgan, he was... And Morgan, and Morgan Riley. Riley. Poor Morgan Riley. They, they said to him, it was hilarious. They asked him, they said, have you talked to Babcock like since yeah, the firing? And it's like, he said something, it was funny. He's like, not that I didn't, I didn't, it's not that I didn't talk at all to him, but I haven't talked a lot to him sort of thing or so, something to that effect. I also think the other thing that I think did Babs in was on, I don't know if it was the Vegas game or the game before that, the media was asking him something and he's like, he's like, I'm Mike, I'm Mike Babcock and I'm going to, I'm going to trust Mike Babcock or something yeah, no, like he's that. He's talking I don't about know. himself in the third yes. person that, yeah. that he's always going to bet on I, Mike Babcock. Yeah. And I think to myself, once let's say Shani heard that, it's like, Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna trust Mike Babcock, that's fine, but you need to be a bit more flexible or different in your ways. Obviously you don't want to be like that, so you're done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it was it was uh I don't know. I liked Mike Babcock because I think that these like as a person, I think he's a good person, sort of thing, right? Like I don't some of these former players that are coming out and mm-hmm. Like, especially this Mike Commodore, if anybody, I'm sure everybody out there probably that probably has heard his tirade on Twitter or somewhere, or they've heard it previously too. Um, but he is not a fan of Mike Babcock. He basically feels like he ended his career and a lot of, um, a lot of former players, Mike Badano, yeah. Chris Chelios, like he's obviously he's, he's not a lovable person that way as a coach. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's old school. And yeah. I mean, but at the same time too, Shanahan also played under him. Yes. Yeah. So I think he def, if anyone knows what he was getting, he knew that. Yeah. However, I would say that would we be in the position that we are for these players to really, you know, shoot out of the gate if we didn't have Babcock to, from the yeah. beginning to, you know, basically build the proper habits, do the teaching that he, yeah. he did and oh, maybe no, he, not. He you know? took definitely. I mean, he, he built the foundation yes. for this, regardless. And I think that's what Shanahan brought him in for. That was the, yeah, I, the idea to bring that structure. But I mean, that, I think people are forgetting the days of 
where the waffles were thrown on the ice <laughs> yeah. and, and the jerseys throwing on the ice. Like yeah. Babcock came in just after that. Mm-hmm. He took them to three consecutive playoff appearances and 200 point seasons and the most points, I guess in 2017, 18, he had the record. Right. And yeah. the anticipation of that and the following the planes and all of that and like people tracking it all day long. I mean, it was a really big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. For no, him he, to come he here in the first place. He did a lot for our organization and for that we thank him. But mm-hmm. like, like we said before, he was stubborn in his ways. He had his, his way of of winning. He's a winning coach. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. So, Oh yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. The last thing I would say about that is what I do find interesting is that, you know, since, I don't know, the days where, I don't know, it could have even been back to the 90s. Like, how many Hall of Famers do we have to get to come in here that will actually get this done? Like, that's that's something that I think is key because when these people come in, I do think that, you know, whether it was like, you know, Carlisle, he could be a Hall of Famer. Ron Wilson, maybe not. But even like Cliff Fletcher, oh, they didn't sure. get it yeah. done. Pat yeah. Quinn, yeah. Brian Burke, yeah, you know, and now <laughs> Mike Babcock. All of these people have come in and... And okay, even Pat Burns, he didn't get it done either. Yeah. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a little bit, I put him in a little bit of different category because he's kind of a little bit of both. But I would say, especially in the most recent times, there's always been someone to come in and I think they really felt I'm going to be the one to get this done. Mm-hmm. But when that happens, then that means it's all about that person. And it can't be about them. It has to be about the process. Yeah. And this new thing, which we will talk about a little bit down the road, is the process. So I don't know if that's going to bring it home for us, but it's it's a different look for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about the different look with Sheldon Keefe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who is Sheldon Keefe? So we got a couple points written down here. So if it sounds like we're reading, we are. So (laughs) (laughs) so he was a star player with the Barry Colts. I had no idea about that. Uh, no. Rookie of the year in 1999. Mm-hmm. Drafted by Tampa. A lot of points. He scored a lot of points in junior. Yeah, drafted by Tampa in 1999 and played 125 games from 2000 to 2003. And then injury cut his short his career. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I guess he had his first coaching job with Pembroke of the Ontario Provincial League. And he had great success there and won the championship from what I remember reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, and then from there, uh, Kyle Dubas, I guess, had been watching him off in the distance and, uh, and decided mid-season to fire his coach in, on the Sioux Greyhounds and, um, and hired uh, Keith, basically, to It's an to interesting, um, like, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people saw there's a video of um, Kyle Dubas at a conference. I think it was like a stats conference or something. Anyways, how he was talking oh, about yes. how yeah. he has used this yeah. um, to, for, to su- for success, um, this type of thing to bring in a new voice. So it's kind of yeah. eerie foreshadowing there. Yeah, <laughs> a little so bit. he was actually named OHL and CHL Coach of the Year in 2015. So mm-hmm. yeah, so he's had great success at the junior level. Obviously, with the Marlies, he 
brought home the Calder Cup. Um, so he's had success there. So now Cal Dubas is, that's the other thing, I guess it kind of bugs me a little bit. The fact that it's like, he's waiting in the wings, like Babcock, like right. he knew that basically Sheldon Keith was the replacement because really if they didn't have Sheldon Keith there, would they have still made that change? Yeah, I that's don't know. an interesting. That's an interesting point, right? There's no. But then it, it just goes back to the whole, the whole vision, you know. So whose vision won out? Dubas's, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I think that I think that Dubas is the one that goes to bed at night dreaming about all of this yeah. stuff over and over and over again, and all the workings of it and how to make the change. I think he's the one that his vision is one out because I think he's his focus on it. He's put all the pieces in place. So, I mean, it begs the question too, that did Shanahan, you know, know the depth of this vision? And if so, I don't know, I guess it all evolved because I, I'm sure that when Shanahan, you know, signed Babcock to an eight year uh, contract, which was the richest that and it still is the richest that any coach has had and the term especially. Um, did he do it knowing that this was the way they're going to go? Maybe not. I don't know. I, I think probably, things evolve. Probably not. I don't think so. Yeah, things change along the way. But right? uh, I think a lot of it had to do with Lou Lamorello as well, mm-hmm. getting getting rid of him at a certain point. Yeah, I think Babcock knew as soon Although as that I, happened that yeah. he, his Although days I, were numbered yeah. somehow. Yeah, I think technically I think that was a mistake that's going into a different topic that's too long yeah, but yeah. um he needed to sign the our young guys anyways but I think it would have been better to have Lou do that uh as an experienced person under contract but we'll mm-hmm. we can save that for another day let's get to something more positive now <laughs> <laughs> okay which is Austin Matthews he's on track to score 50 goals woohoo <laughs> and when was the last time that's happened Christine well actually wait I want to ask you a question though. sure do you think he will shave this mustache? I freaking hope so. I hope so too. I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. I'm thinking with... I mean, it was like a cool, fun thing. I mean, I obviously, now we have to wait till November is over. Yes. That's what I but, think is going to um, do it. Yeah. But yeah, no. Got to get rid of that thing. If he wants freedom, the way he's talking about freedom and being fresh start, <laughs> get rid of the mustache. Yeah, but... I so mean, Austin, if you're listening, get rid of the mustache. Yeah, we don't like it. <laughs> Girls don't like mustaches for the most part. I mean, it yeah. takes... I don't know. I don't know what kind of guy you got to be to to wear a mustache. (laughs) For me, the only people that I've liked with a mustache are Tom Selleck and my dad. Your dad. End of list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but going back to your other question, who was the last person to score? Well, not the last one, actually. The first person to score 50 goals was my favorite player, Rick Vive. Mm-hmm. number 22 or one of my favorite players number 22 he scored 54 goals in the 1981-82 season mm-hmm. and that was like it's it it was a big deal oh but yeah, it sure. so runs under the radar nowadays yeah but it was basically the only deal then because with pal hal harold ballard running the show then everything was a circus and mm-hmm. really that was the only thing that as a fan that you could attach yourself talk to. about egos and making yourself <laughs> the story <laughs> That was the epitome. And that's why I still think sometimes there is a curse. Yes. Him. He is the ghost of the Toronto Maple Leafs because no matter what, it just can never My my aunt actually said that several long time ago. She told me that. But 
anyhow, going back to positivity here with yeah. the 50 goals. Uh, as of last <laughs> Saturday, no curses. Uh, as of last Saturday, he scored a 16th goal versus the, it was the avalanche that they played. Mm-hmm. Um, and in game number 25, and he was on pace for 54 goals. So, and then last night on last night's telecast in the blowout, blowout win versus Detroit, um, they mentioned actually that he's going to be after Dave, I guess Dave Keon was the only Leaf that's done this four consecutive 20 goal seasons in his first four seasons. Wow. So he's, he's special yeah, player. He's I mean, 16, every year so. he's breaking some sort of record. So, yeah. so the only other people of Leafs that have scored the 50 goals are Gary Lehman it was so weird to have Gary Lehman, like, I, I don't know. know as, and Dave Andrewchuk, which yeah. you could understandable. That's from, makes sense. Yeah. Cause yeah. he's getting all of the, the beautiful dishes from Dougie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Rick vibe, I remember the 50th goal. It was a huge deal. Like you said, like mm-hmm. I was only, I think I was like 12 or 13. I don't know what, it, I think it was 13 years old. And I remember 8 p.m. 8 p.m. I think it was, it was a midweek game. I'm pretty sure. Anyways, um, I was downstairs in my pajamas I had some oranges that my mom peeled for me and she, my mom always sets me up good right before game time. And I knew, we knew he was going to do it that night and he did. And when he did score, it was like the, the slap shot that was back then they actually took slap shots. I don't think anybody does that anymore, but the slap shot from the top of the circle and it was in the net. And I took all the peels of the orange and I threw them up in the air and I yelled. <laughs> and my mom, my mom came running in thinking, what is wrong with you? <laughs> from that point, I think she, well, she knew I was crazy beforehand for about the leaves. But from that point, that really basically made it even more over the top. So, uh-huh. so yeah, I'll never forget Who that. Who cleaned up the orange and peels? I think I had to. They were all over. <laughs> I remember they were all, because I used to lie down on the floor and have my pillow there and I'd be like, the the TV was like right in front of me. So mm-hmm. like, it was just, I had the TV that night. It, it was funny because when I was a kid too, it was like, if nobody in my family is a hockey fan like me, mm-hmm. so nobody enjoys hockey. So I was basically on my own and I, so if there was a game night, I used to go upstairs in my mom's room and have the TV up there. Luckily enough, she had a TV in her room. And then... And um, she let you eat in her room? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's love. And and then... But if there was no shows on, like my sister's always liked the Love Boat or... Uh, we are Tom Selleck, ourselves you were saying, um, Magnum. Yeah, Magnum, I watched Magnum. That's the old Magnum. Favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fantasy Island. I used to watch mm-hmm. that once in a while. Those you kinds know they're of coming out with a Fantasy Island movie, eh? Oh, really? Yeah. It's oh, going to wow. be actually a scary, like oh. a thriller. <laughs> Oh no, I don't. Well, like I mean, that. Fantasy Island. If you like, I don't know if you watched it recently. It's a little bit dark, um, but they've they've made it. I think they're going to make it a little bit more uh, a little oh, bit more okay. creepier. So, anyways, so, a little I, bit of a tangent. If those there. shows were on, basically, I was I was shoved upstairs in my mom's little TV. But that was okay because I was nice and comfy. I had her bed there, and I could do whatever. I could watch my game, and mm-hmm. I had close the door, and I'm fine. So, yeah, so that was Rick Vibe scoring his 50th goal, and then he had another two seasons. Um, or Yeah, so it was three in total that he scored uh, 50. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a long time. If Austin Matthews were to score 50 goals, I don't know. I'd, I, it would That'd be, <laughs> I mean, it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, even if you think about, okay, Gary Lehman being the last guy to do it. Yeah. That's been almost 30 years since someone's done that that's huge yeah yeah so um i i was actually debating whether or not i 
we should talk about this because we don't want him to get injured. Yeah. Obviously, that's. I think he would have done this. We were talking before we started the podcast, but yeah. um, I think he would have done it already in previous years, but the fact that he got injured. Mm-hmm. So we're rooting for him to do it, to have go with this freedom, newfound freedom and newfound <laughs> love for the game that yeah. they have now. Um, I, I just, I think I have a feel, a positive feeling about this. I think he's going to get it yeah. this time. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's prime time for him to take, uh, another step to really establish himself as one of the leading scorers, leading players in the league. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. that he he could do it, and I, we were discussing, you know, like uh, whether or not he would he will get played. You know, obviously more minutes. Um, I do kind of get the feeling that Keith is much more about situations and um, adapting in game. So, you know, we're talking about whether or not he'll he'll put him with Marner more and. I don't necessarily think that he's going to play regular shifts with Marner, but it, it could happen, you know, situationally at certain parts of the game, kind of like how he's, he's sort of deploying Barry and Riley right now um, in different situations together, but not necessarily together for the whole game. So yeah. we'll kind of have to see when when uh, Marner comes back um, how he's going to be used. But that's interesting. Tyson Barry. I know, there's right? A, there's a guy that's somebody been who un- had like a huge monkey <laughs> taken right off his back. He's been wow. totally unleashed. Yeah, um, and yeah, three goals in the first three games since mm-hmm. the coaching change. And um, well, I guess that really also speaks to like you know Babcock is such a strong personality, strong energy that you know obviously he's he told Barry or had wanted Barry to do something something specific that Barry is not necessarily accustomed to, not uh, really comfortable with. And, but to the point where it would weigh on a guy so much, I I don't know. It's just so and funny that, how it's so night and day. Yeah. That's, that's where I think the coaching style of Babcock, it was not good. Let's yeah. say for a player, it's, they brought him in for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was to play his game. It wasn't to, learn a different game which is how Babcock put it at one point right right no it's not about reinventing himself as he mm-hmm. as he put it um he was brought in to bring that offensive carrying the puck uh I think we have said it in episode one we right. said what the style of game that Tyson Berry brings and that's what we look forward to we saw a flash of it in game one where he did that mm-hmm. little spinorama and everybody in the building at Scotiabank Arena was like oh <gasps> Right. And it was like, <laughs> wow. And, yeah, and then, and it, then we then never it saw it again <laughs> until now for the right. first, for these three games. So yeah. So hopefully that'll continue. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So and I, I loved seeing how happy the team was for him. Like when JT basically, <laughs> yeah. you know, bear hugged him Yeah, to coin a phrase. Yeah. Um, uh, that was like amazing, like how happy they were for him to be getting that goal. So so looking ahead to December, mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see what direction this team goes. We yeah. definitely have to pick up some points here because like we said, we're last night we were 10th in the conference. Uh, so we're out of the playoff picture right now, but it's the, th- the teams that I'm worried about 
Tampa. They have four games in hand on like almost everybody because they did the European trip. Um, mm-hmm. So they have four games in hand and they seem to be playing well. Um, and also Florida. Florida is right now is in second behind and Boston. And that's without uh, Bobrovsky yes, even playing at his best. That's what's the weird thing about it is Bobrovsky. If he happens to go back to his usual ways of playing, like that's a big concern. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know I don't know it's interesting it's like it's wondering whether or not they're going to actually break through this year because they've been kind of waiting in the wings for a while now so yeah so I was, I was happy to see that Montreal's on a bit of a skid <laughs> yeah. that's kind of good that's kind of good <laughs> I actually wanted to send Ty or not Ty Domi Max Domi I wanted to tweet him and ask him how he's feeling because <laughs> <laughs> he has such a big mouth that kid just like his dad but anyways mm-hmm We'll move on from that because we're not talking about the Habs here. We never talk about the Habs. Um, Mitch Marner hopefully will return as well. That'll yep. be a good. He's looking good. He's practicing his shot. He said last yesterday or the day before that he's um, looking forward to, or he's 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 progressing well is how he said it. So. Right. Well, he doesn't have his boot on anymore, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> We had some cat issues, <laughs> some meowing in the background, but I don't know. He's okay so, now. <laughs> so it's ladies and a cat talking yeah. leaves. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Okay. So yes, Marner returning. So that should be good. Um, with regards to the schedule, lots of road games still. Um, so we have, yeah, we're going to be jam packed at home come March. Really? Yeah. yeah. So we have eight road games, including the New Year's Eve game. Woohoo! Party time, New Year's Eve, watching the Leafs. <laughs> In Minnesota. Yeah. And um, and then it'll be interesting to see the backup goalie situation, how it's handled. We have two back-to-backs. Um, and one of that them... That just seems like not very many. No. Yeah. <laughs> not after what we just Finally. went through. And, of course, and we have the West Coast swing coming up in the first week of... Uh, sorry, second week of December. Lots of Leaf fans in Western Canada, which are... Western Canada fans, they just love us out there. That's right, and they're going to be wanting to file into all the arenas to get a glimpse of our new-look Leafs. Oh, yeah. Keeps Leafs. That's why they should be happy that there's so many Leaf fans, because we we pay to get into those rinks, so into those arenas. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, who's going to go, right? Leaf fans. (laughs) Who's going to go to their games, right? Like, it's, uh, we pay pay their bills out there for us. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's all we got for this month. Um, we want to, again, happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, too. Yes, because we won't, won't be back until early January. That's right. So we'll talk to you guys then. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.